Theme music for the Spot Report, courtesy of Pastor Casper McLeod and Renee Truax. Thank you, friends. There's a spot for you over here. Hi, friends. Welcome to another Spot Report. I'm your co-host, Pastor Mike, and I'm joined again today by my lovely wife, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing fantastic. Fantastic. I think we have a a conversation that will um, encourage and inform um, our listeners today. We've been praying about, Lord, and we do this. We do this with every episode, folks. What do you want us to talk about um, today that might help, assist, uh, educate, encourage, um, give some focus and alignment to your people? And so today he, he wants us to talk about uh, finding a, a good, what, what we often refer to as remnant ecclesia, finding a good church in modern parlance. And Kathy, you know that um, I was recently on with Dr. Sherry Tenpenny on one of her platforms, and we were discussing um, a couple of my recent books. Um, Letters from Jesus was was one of them, subtitled "What the Seven Ecclesias of Revelation, Chapters Two and Three, Have to Say to Us Today." And the other book uh, that we discussed was The Four Horses of Revelation 6, A New Prophetic Interpretation. And uh, those books got a a lot of good comments and feedback from uh, Dr. Tenpenny's uh, audience. But one of the things that that we, Dr. Sherry and I, discussed was how difficult it is to find a good, solid, Ecclesia, body of believers. And um, so as I have done on many other platforms and interviews, I've, I've offered to help folks wherever they may be, find a, a solid church that they can, that they can visit and see if perhaps that is a, a place that they believe the Lord is, is leading them to consider as a spiritual home. It's becoming increasingly difficult today to find a good solid church and and we're going to describe and define what we mean by a good solid church but Kathy you've you've seen those emails that have come in and I've I've mentioned them to you and and um we're getting emails from people all over America aren't we Yes we sure are Mike and you know it makes me wonder why is it so hard to find a Bible teaching church these days. Why is it so hard? Do you think it's because all the churches are caving into the culture or are people waking up and realizing that, Hey, what I'm getting at church isn't what is real. So what what are your thoughts yeah. on that, Mike? Yeah. Well, so there's a number of, of issues at play here, I believe. And so we're going to talk about that in, in this episode and this, I'll tell people right now, this, this may very well be a, a two-part uh, episode because there are several points that that we want to uh, we want to identify as as uh, markers for folks um, in their search. 
So in our culture today, and, and, and I'm talking about right now, I'm talking about the Christian culture, the, uh, within the church today, there's this, and I like the, I like the phrase, the statement itself, pressing into Jesus. I, I think that Mm -hmm. is, 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 and should be the primary focus of, of our faith. And, and, um, but what does that mean? That means different things to different people, doesn't it? So, if you're going to press into Jesus and encourage people to press into Jesus, it's it's that you're going to make him your your primary focus. You're going to you're going to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You're going to to listen to and you're going to obey all that the Scriptures command us. Um, so we're going to love Jesus with with our whole being, with everything that we are. So first, are, are we doing those things? Are we doing those things? And and folks, listen, uh, I'm sure, Kathy, that some of our, our listeners are exactly where uh, they're in the place that we're describing, that we will describe in this conversation, where they, they can't find a good, solid, Bible-believing church that focuses on Jesus, but, but goes beyond even that. And um, so as we were thinking about this, dear, I, I, the Holy Spirit directed me to a couple of passages in Matthew. I wonder if you'd like to share the Matthew chapter 10, um, verses 16 through 17 passage. And then let's talk about that just for a moment. And then I'll read the Matthew uh, 16 passage. So folks that are with us, Day, grab your Bible. You can follow along with us. Um, Kathy, would you like to read Matthew 10, 16, and 17? Absolutely. So in Matthew 10, 16, and 17, it says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be as wary as servants and innocent as doves. But be on the guard against people, for they will hand you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. Yeah. So a couple of things there. Uh, first of all, we have to understand that the culture is as a pack of wolves, a pack of wolves. And mm-hmm. what will what will wolves do to unsuspecting sheep? Right. They, they will devour them, right? Absolutely. They'll, they'll, they'll tear them to shreds. They'll they can destroy a, a, an individual sheep or a flock of sheep in uh, pretty short order. I have a question, though. Um, other other versions say to be as shrewd as serpent. What does shrewd mean in relation to a serpent? So we are to be wise as serpents in the sense that we understand uh, the ways of man. We are not gullible. We are not um, easily deceived or tricked. We allow the Holy Spirit to be our uh, polygraph meter, if you will, mm-hmm. that will enable us to, to detect uh, untruths, um, certainly lies. Um, and yet we are to remain 
as as innocent as doves. So, in other words, our our motives for being who we are and doing what we do must remain consistent uh, with the scriptures. It says uh, the scripture tells us that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are, they are not carnal. And mm-hmm. um, I'm in, uh, let's see, that would be, uh, I believe second Corinthians uh, chapter 10. I'm just going to turn there real quick. Um, it says, uh, for though second Corinthians 10, starting at verse three, for though we walk in the flesh, in other words, we are living in this mortal body. We do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. So they're not some of your translations, friends will use the word carnal. So they're not carnal. In other words, we're not going to use the weapons of this war, this world. We are going to use divine weapons. And that's what, mm. what the apostle Paul writes in second Corinthians 10, four, but the weapons of our warfare uh, are not flesh, but they are divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So, so what it means to be innocent uh, as doves is that we're not going to to use the methodologies of the of the evil one who influences people. We're not going to use the world's strategies to fight back. We are going to use God's weapons to fight back. Now, some people believe that that means that um, it begins and ends with prayer. Well, I'll pray about that. I'll pray about pulling down these strongholds and standing against this wickedness. No, listen, friends, we have to put faith to prayer. In other words, we have to put feet. We have to move in response to our prayer. We have to Mm -hmm. get out and do. We have to be doers of the word. James chapter one talks about this. Don't be merely hearers, but doers we are to be uh activists if you will in a sense so i i think those thoughts are are uh part of what jesus is saying here be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves Uh, but this next statement there in verse 17 dear is very very informative for us yes it's Mm -hmm. just as but beware of men, but beware of men. So beware of men. What does that mean? It means that you know the character of the people that you're dealing with. And if you're dealing with with lost people, people who do not know the Lord, you have to be wary, beware of them. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to exercise discernment within you so that you understand what what you're dealing with um i'm a kathy you know this most people don't uh but i'm a skeptical person by nature i think i i i hear i listen and i observe and if those three things are in alignment then i have a tendency to believe and trust. But if any one of those things is not in alignment, then I have a tendency to be skeptical, to be 
suspicious uh, right. of of people and their their intent. And and unfortunately, that's that's come about over the many years of ministry that we have been involved in. Um, by personal experience with people that said one thing, but really meant something else. And um, right. people that would smile at you, but have a motive behind the scenes. And um, so anyway, that's, that's Matthew 10. So, so here's Matthew 16 uh, verses one through four. Here's something else that Jesus said. He said, the Pharisees and Sadducees came up and testing Jesus. They asked him to show them a sign from heaven, but he replied to them, when it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, there will be a storm today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky, but cannot discern the signs of the times? An evil and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and a sign will not be given it except the sign of Jonah. And he left them and went away. So... So the thing that I want to focus on in this passage, dear, is Jesus's question. Do you know how to discern the appearance of the sky that cannot discern the signs mm. of the times? So what that's telling us in conjunction with what he's already said to his disciples in Matthew 10, be shrewd as servants. Now, discern the signs of the times tells me that we have to have an attitude of seeking to understand what the things that we see in our times mean in light of what the scripture has to say. Um, And this is where a lot of believers, a lot of pastors and ministry leaders, in fact, specifically, and believers because they're under the influence of those, those pastors and and ministry leaders. This is where they fall far short. And unfortunately, this is an indictment. They fall short in this area because they deliberately ignore this area. They do not want to talk about the signs of the times. And I know that's been something that you and I have talked about at length over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you and you and I have had this conversation a number of times here. Yep, we sure have, Mike. You know, and we've heard it over the years of a lot of people saying that our church doesn't talk about anything that's in the newspaper. And we used to say, well, you got to have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in another hand. Yes. Just to, yeah. just to be able to know what's going on, you know, yeah. especially in today's times. When I hear pastors all the time, uh, folks, most well, some folks know we have a radio station here at Calvary Lima that is a, a part of the ministry, uh, WTTPFM, and you can stream us anywhere you are um, at WTTPFM.com, WTTPFM.com, um, 24-7 Bible teaching, folks, not, not music. Um, I don't mean to offend anyone, but I'm going to say it again. We don't need another Christian music channel. That is the last thing that the body of Christ needs today, in my opinion. I agree. Another music channel. We need the teaching, preaching, exhortation, admonishment, and even rebuke when necessary 
from the scriptures, from true biblical teaching. And um, yeah, I think they should go out to WTTPFM.com and take a look at the program list and just see what type of preachers, who they, who they are, what kind of teachers that we have on this radio station, because I think a lot of them would really be surprised at the wonderful content that we have, including, you know, kids content on Saturday mornings. So the, the last thing that we need to do is to um, construct a, a Christian cocoon of sorts that, mm-hmm. that insulates or isolates us from the world. Um, yes, we are in the world, but not of the world, but that doesn't mean that we are supposed to be isolated and insulated mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, from the world. How in the world are you going to win the lost? <laughs> because right. Who are you sharing the gospel with if not to the lost? And you can't do that if you you are are steady building a Christian subculture where you don't have any contact uh, with the world. So, right. um, well, I think people need to remember too, Mike, that where they work is a mission field in their home, their course. families. It's a mission field, and you know that's where God has put you. That's where He's calling you to plant your seeds. You know, don't be separated from them. I mean, how can you separate yourself from the people that you work with? You can't. You can't. You have coworkers that are lost and you can walk it in front of them. You can speak it when the Lord gives you that open door and can't be separate there. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And we shouldn't see it as as a place that we need to separate ourselves. I mean, you and I uh, worked our entire ministry lives up until just a couple of years ago when the Lord blessed us to retire from that work so we could devote all of our time and energy and resources to to ministry. And, and it's been a glorious uh, last couple of years to be able to do that. And, and folks will laugh at this, but Kathy and I are busier now than what we were when we were working and then uh, ministering after that. So, um, but it's it's been a fantastic transition um, into focusing on on ministry. The thing to remember, though, friends, and if you're in a place, um, and we're probably going to have to get into this in, in, in part two, we'll do a, we'll a follow-up to this, uh, finding a remnant ecclesia with, with some points. And by the way, um, I did create a short booklet uh, just a couple of years ago with 15, 15 uh, points or 15 things to look for uh, when you're when you're searching for a good ecclesia to be a part of. So uh, we may get into a little bit of that, um, but if you'd like to receive that, you can email me, cmspalding2, the number two, cmspalding2 at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to send that to you um but we are we are not to to isolate ourselves from the world we're not to insulate ourselves from the world but we are to engage the world we are to engage the culture uh, in which we live and we're not trying to redeem the culture friends we're not trying to christianize the culture unfortunately uh many many churches pastors congregants have have misunderstood this whole dynamic of we are not redeeming the culture we are transforming the culture we want to trans we want to change the culture 
And um, dear, what I've seen happen, you've seen it. Uh, many of our friends, we've had these conversations is that uh, many of the churches today, they want to, to cozy up just as close as they can get to the world. Uh, they're mimicking the world and they're trying to put a Christian spin on it to make it. And here's why they do it. They want to make it appealing to people. That is a a boneheaded, uh, completely upside down approach to ministering to the lost. In my opinion, what are your thoughts? Well, didn't you have somebody come up to you once and say we should canvas the neighborhood and ask them what they would want in a church? What would what would what would a church have to have in order for you to come? Yeah, I had somebody. Uh, suggest that, and my response uh, without hesitation was this. Why would I go ask lost people what the church should be doing? Right. Well, that, because that, don't you see don't you see the culture saying, well, if you had a nice coffee bar or if you had a great worship team or, you know, if you had really comfortable theater seats or, you know, if it was only 20 minutes long, you know, don't take up too much of my time. Yep. Make it a little bit er or a little bit later in the day because Sunday is the only day for me to sleep in. So, you know, and if you could make it, if, if the music could be more appealing, if you could, if you could create an environment, maybe, maybe turn the lights out in the mm. sanctuary and just have stage lights that, yeah. that highlights the band. And, or invite the Easter bunny in. Or invite the Easter bunny in. Yeah. Talking about yeah. cultural things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly right. Um, but, but we see that today, dear, we see yes, it we all do. over the place. Yeah. Um, and uh, here's, here's what, here's what pastor Chuck Smith said, the, the late pastor Chuck, said a long time ago, I've never forgotten it, and I've repeated it, uh, well, dozens of times over the years. He said, be very, very careful about what you use to draw people Hmm. to church because whatever it is that you draw people to church with is what you're going to have to continue to use only. You're going to have to incrementally increase that I'll just call it what it is bait or carrot to bring people in and to keep them because they're going to when you when you use stuff that is of the flesh or carnal or mimicking the culture mm-hmm. you are using things that appeal to the flesh of the lost and some people try to excuse this activity by saying yeah but we slip in the gospel message. We slip in that salvation. Oh. Listen, how have we got to a place where the church thinks that its mission is to slip in or somehow carve out that moment when, yes. when, when, you're, when you're providing entertainment in a show and enticement, the carrot? Have we gotten to a place where we think now we, we just have to, we have to do this 30-second or 60-second uh, alert that, Yep. The real reason we're doing this is the gospel. And you think that's going to have an impact on somebody? No. no. Well, that's absolutely, absolutely crazy. 
but it happens all the time, all the time. We hear it. We hear, we hear from people that don't attend a church anymore because of these types of things. Correct. And that, thank you for that, dear. So that brings us back to the point that we're hearing from, from people and, and we're hearing from coast to coast, border to border, north to south, east to west, people living in many, many different places. And they're asking, you know, emailing pastor Mike, can you, can you recommend a church in my area? And, uh, and I am happy to do that. And if I don't know of one, then I'm going to reach out to somebody that I know that might be in that area and ask them if they know of any, I, I just, I just did that this morning. In fact, mm-hmm. um, for a, uh, uh, reach out to a friend in, um, Pennsylvania asking if he knew of a solid uh, body of believers in a particular city. The point here and dear, we're going to have to wrap this up because we've (laughs) used this first part one, just to lay the foundation of what it is we want to talk about uh, in part two and maybe even a part three, because this is a very important um, subject. And so, so, so let me just draw this back to Matthew chapter 16, where I said that, that Jesus's criticism there of the Jewish religious leaders is that they couldn't discern the signs of the times. They couldn't understand what was happening in the very hour. And of course, that has a primary context of the Messiah is here. You are staring at him. You're arguing with him. You're trying to belittle uh, trick sabotage you're trying to to uh, make people hate the messiah so so you don't discern the time the time of your visitation uh the scripture says could you explain but, the sign of jonah i mean what is what is he uh, talking about when he expl- said except for the sign of jonah yeah so so as jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days so shall the son of man be uh in the earth for, mm-hmm. So what he's talking about is his, his death and resurrection uh, three days later. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, clearly they missed that until after. In fact, his disciples missed that until after, because it says in the scriptures that uh, after he was resurrected, then they understood. And I think the, the, uh, the illustration of the metaphor that Christ used in that particular case was when he told his disciples um and the Pharisee, because they were always uh, tagging along. The religious leaders, he said, uh, see, "See these, see this uh, temple." He said, "I'm going to, I'm going to rebuild it in three days." And they thought he was talking about the literal temple. Here he's talking about his body, and um, so so he used that that illustration a lot about his death and resurrection. Um, we're going to have to wrap this show up with this thought, and then we'll come back in in part two. Um. We have to understand the times in which we live. That was Jesus's exhortation, really rebuke, if you will, to the religious leaders in Matthew chapter 16. We, we have to come together, friends, as the body of Christ, um, as believers who understand the times. I think it, it is spoken, this is spoken of the sons of Issachar. In the Old Testament, uh, they were men who understood the times in which they lived and they knew what needed to be done. Well, that's that's a perfect uh, analogy to where we are today. Mm-hmm. We know what needs to be done. Dear, I'll let you have the closing comments and we'll wrap this episode up. Okay. I just, 
it saddens me, yet it encourages me when, you know, you, you know of people that aren't attending church because they can't find one. So it encourages me when they reach out and say, hey, we're, we really want to attend church. We want a body of believers that we can uh, make life work with. So again, like Mike said, if you can't find a church in your area, please email uh, Dr. Mike at C.M. Spalding, that's S-P-A-U-L-D-I-N-G, the number two, at gmail.com. Reach out because Mike has been so faithful to answer all those emails and get back with people and hopefully point them in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, that's all we have for you today in this episode of The Spot Report. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing this on your platforms and with your friends. We appreciate that very much. We'll see you next time. God bless you. That's a wrap.